You know it's going to be a good day when your biggest concern in the morning is collecting the crumbs falling from the McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit. Your only concern should be, has your day peaked too early? Enjoy every last crumb of the new McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit for only $3. And any size soft drink for just a dollar. And you'll get your day started on a high note. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Blog Talk Radio. Stopping my shine They try to break me, try to take me out But I got Jesus on my side So bad I thought it would die But ain't no power stronger than the one that came and laid on his life And I got mountains to climb But the enemy can't stop me Cause there's a calling on my life
evening, good evening. Welcome to Blessed Brothers Radio. This is Thursday night. This is September the 3rd, 2020. We're in the Apple Valley Studio with Critically Acclaimed Bishop and Overseer of the Greater All Nations Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ, the Honorable Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore. Tonight, tonight, tonight is our weekly Food for the Soul Bible study session with the Honorable Dr. He's in tonight to go ahead and give us what thus saith the Lord tonight. He will be breaking down the bread of life to you. We weren't here last week. We weren't here last night, but we are here tonight in Jesus' name. Now, tonight what I have for you is the church and what it means to us. So this is a little something to find out what I think the church means to us. Now, back in the day when the theologians spoke of a mission of the church, they usually tried to describe what the church were to be like, and they tried to describe the church as it is to be in a particular environment in which members, as we call them now, body of Christ can be found. Of course, there are many biblical texts that provide direction for this. The church is to make disciples by baptizing people from all nations and teaching them to obey the commands of Jesus. Now, that's found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. Now, the church is to proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sins and Christ's name to all people. Luke 24 and 47. The church is to practice justice, mercy, and faith. Matthew 23 and 23. The church is to witness for Jesus to the ends of the earth, Acts 1 and 8, and so forth. Any concept of mission, however, will be informed by a basic ecclesiology. Now, what does it mean to be church? In the first place, I would like to offer a few thoughts on how the question of church's missions might be framed or reframed in consideration of three prominent biblical images for the church. Now, the main one I'm coming up with tonight is the church as the bride of Christ. In the gospel, Jesus identifies himself as the bridegroom. We know that from Mark chapter 2, verses 19. And in Ephesians, Paul interprets the marital relations as a great mystery. That can be applied to Christ and the church, Ephesians chapter 5. Verses 31 through 33. Likewise, also in Revelations, the church is identified as the bride of Christ. Revelations chapter 21, verses 9, and also chapter 22 and 17. So this is just what I came up with, with as what does the church mean to us as a people? You may have a different take on it, and that's absolutely okay. Because when it comes to the Bible, and it comes to what church means to you, and it comes to what and who Jesus is and God, what and who he is in your life, that is your personal relationship, and you may have a different depiction of it than me, but as long as we all come to the same conclusion at the end, that we are to be repentant, for real, for real repenting of our sins, that means for godly, sorry, asking him to forgive us 100% of the time, and meaning it, and then we have to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and then we have to speak for the Holy Ghost and speak in an unknown tongue, and we all can agree on that part that we all agree that that is our goal, that we have to check off so God can, of course, say at the end, good job, well done, when he comes back for his ready church. If we can do that and we can stick to it and mean it, I think that's what the church can mean to all of us. God's only asking us to do things that to be in liking of him. He woke us up today. We have to ask him. He woke us up. So because he woke us up, can we do something for him in return? He keeps us living however old, however old you are. Like me, I'm 36. 
So I've been on this earth 36 years. However old you are on Radio Land, that's how many years you've been here. That means that God spread your life every day for those amounts of years. The least we could do is allow God to come into our hearts and in our minds and our spirits, and let's give him some praise, and let's seek him where he may be found. That is his ultimate is for us to do what he's asking of. And right now, he's asking of me to get out of the way so Dr. Moore can teach us the bread of life or break it down like none other. So, ladies and gentlemen, the man of the hour, the incomparable Dr. Bishop Dr. Moore. God bless everybody. God bless you all. God bless you and rid of your lands. Amen. And I do mean God bless each of you. And as I often say, this is the day the Lord has made, and let us be glad and rejoice therein. We give honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the head of our life, and he is the bishop of our soul. Thank the Lord, amen, for that short message that comes from my granddaughter, amen, expressing what church is to her. We're so grateful, amen, the Lord has blessed us to come back. Amen on Al. I was under the weather on last week, but I thank God for each one of you praying for me. I may not never meet you on earth, but I thank God for your prayers. I'm blessed, amen, to be back to bring you the word of God and nothing but the word of God. Thank God again for all the blog talk videos and all the Podcastle that is helping us spread this gospel. We give Jesus the glory for that. We're going into the Word of God. We haven't forgot COVID 19. Asking you, amen, is to continue to be wise and amen, do what you're supposed to do to keep from spreading any more of this disease. Looking at the Word of God tonight. We're coming from John, the 10th chapter, verse 1 through 13. And it reads, say, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he put forth his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follows him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but they are free from him, for they know not the voice of a stranger. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, <clears throat> I am the door of the sheep. And all that 
evil come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go out, go in and out and find pastors. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But he that is an hyla and not a shepherd who owes the sheep are not seen the wolf coming, and he'll leave the sheep and flee. And the wolf will catch them and scatter the sheep. The hyla flees because he is an hyla, and he cares not for the sheep. I read to you the entire John 10, 1 through 13. Tonight, the Lord is speaking to us from John, saying, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, He that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. The pastor and the church. The pastor and the church. A pastor Gill dedicates spiritually leadership. He feels the burden to give a biblical direction to the people of God. In Acts 20 and 28, take heed therefore unto yourself and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseer to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. The responsibility of being a pastor in a church. Valley, valley, I say unto you, he that enters not by the door into the sheep for but climbeth up some other way the same as a thief and a robber. There is not but one way that you can enter in to this heavenly kingdom. And that is you got to come through the door. You can't come no other way except you come through the door. And believe me, when you come through this door, you're going to be inspected to see whether or not you are able to enter into this door. And Jesus will let them know that. But he that enters in by the door is 
is the shepherd of the sheep. And he was also letting them know that the joy is very important to enter into. You are not going to get into the kingdom of God without coming through the door. We must have spiritually leadership. The leader is in control. When God set a man, a set a woman over his work, they are in control. The leader is a just and honest person. You must be just and honest. The load of leadership. The burdens of leadership. The shepherd and his sheep. The goal of the pastor. Biblical direction. Handling the word of God. Preaching the word of God. And standing in Christ's stead. It is a responsibility that God has given the man of God to go and preach the word. And it's not a light responsibility. Because you must be honest. You must be righteous in the sight of God. And you must live a holy life. North America has never before witnessed the abundant flood tide of wickedness that is in our beloved land at this time. Spiritually erosion, doctrine, decades, moral bankruptcy of this hour is more shocking than ever before. Talking about in America, we never had experienced the weakness and the moral breakdown like we are facing now. Who would have dreamed we would come to a time when intelligent people would legally destroy the lives of unborn at the rate over 4,000 per day? Intelligent people, people that went to school, People that went to college, people that had degrees, and we say they are intelligent, yet they are destroying fetus over 4,000 per day. This is happening in North America. Rap part of abortion is only an incident of the moral decay that has invaded our society. Look at what we are facing today. Man of God that's preaching the word of God, you got a job to do. You got a responsibility. The anti-right to life attitude. Anti. 
anti-God, anti-Christ movement. It's promoted by a spirit that opposes truth. These anti-spirits, anti-crisis, they oppose truth. Righteousness, holiness, and spiritual authority, these anti-spirits oppose the sin. It is interesting, amen, that most people in this present evil world do not like spiritual leaders or the teaching of God's word. You know, Apostle Paul said, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They find somebody that teach the word to tickle their ears. But for the truth of God, they don't want to hear it. Oh, we live in, in more bankruptcy. It is interesting that most people in this present evil world do not like spiritually leader of teaching God's word. However, to those who have been born again, a pastor is a pleasant influence in their lives. And the word of God is a delight in the pursuit of holiness. When you're born again, of the Spirit of God. You you were reverend a pastor. You would honor a pastor. One that don't take sides but stand for exactly what the words say. But preach holiness. Because holy without no man shall see the Lord. Remember the Bible says if you don't come through the door and try to climb up some other way, you are as a thief and a robber. Some of us don't want to come through the door of holiness. But we say we love Jesus. But you don't want to come through the door. You don't want to stop your deeds that you are done, but you say you love Jesus. Well, you're trying to get to heaven, but you don't want to come through the door. My brothers and sisters, if you don't come through the door, I'm afraid that you are not going to make it in. You are the robber and you are a thief. You're trying to cheat your way in. But into God's kingdom, you can't cheat your way in. A person cannot give that which he does not have. A leader can only give a spiritually leadership to a congregation if he himself is spiritually. There are so many 
leaders today is trying to give spiritual advice to their congregation, and they are not spiritually themselves. The blind is leading the blind. And the Bible let us know that both is going to fall into the ditch. A spiritual leader, in order for a person to be a spiritual leader, he must have the spirit. That amen, simple saying, he must be born again by the spirit. If you have not been born again by the spirit, you cannot be a spiritual leader. Not God's spiritual leader. You got to know the spirit to be a spiritual leader. He is one who prays regularly. This is a pastor's attitude. He prays regularly. He is one who takes time with the word of God. A pastor takes time and study the word of God. As Paul told Timothy, Timothy, study to show thyself approved. Being a workman, neither not ashamed to rightly divide the word of truth. A pastor has to study, not sometimes, but all the time. He is one who takes time with the word of God and incorporates seasons of fasting into his spiritual journey. He don't forget the fast to crucify this whole flesh. In our time we're living in now, you don't hear of too many fasting and praying. Jesus, when he was on earth, he fasted and he prayed. And he was the son of God. So many demands are made on the pastor. In this hour related to secular and administration matters, he finds it difficult to have time to pray and study. So much come up on a pastor now. So many committees he has to satisfy and relate to until sometime a pastor don't have time to really study like he should. Yet he realizes that his spiritual relationship with God is essential. If I don't fast, if I don't pray, I'm going to lose out as being a pastor. That if he is to feed the flock of God. You got to know what kind of food to give your flock. 
If you don't fast and you don't pray, you are not led by the Spirit of the Lord. You don't know what kind of food to give your flock. You just can't give them anything. All of God's word is good, but you can't give them just anything. You've got to feed. Jesus told Peter, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, I love you. He said again, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, I love you. And he said again, do you love me, Peter? He said, yes, Lord, I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Feed my lamb. Peter had to hear that in the spirit to understand what God was really saying to him. If you really love me, feed my people. Don't just give them anything, but give them something they can digest. Give them something that they can understand. Feed my flock of God and be the spiritual leader God desires. That's my whole motive in my 59 years of preaching the gospel. It's to feed the sheep, feed the lamb. And want to be God leader that God desires. It's not about Dr. Moore. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. I'm here to plead Jesus, not myself, but Jesus Christ. The leader is in control. God did not design for the pastor to be a puppet in the performance of his duty. Pastor today is nothing but a puppet. They are not in control. People is controlling the pastor. Such as sometimes the ministers, the deacon board, the ushers, the choir, they control the pastor. In some church, the pew is in control of the church and the pulpit. The pew. For those that sitting on the pew, you have to do what we say do. If you are that kind of pastor, you are not led by the Spirit of God. Led to see well, the church that Jesus said that, I wish that you be hot or cold. Because if you lukewarm, I'm going to spill you out of my mouth. You see, we got so many lukewarm churches. They are not hot. Neither are they cold. That's Laodicea Church. And it was this system in a church in Asia Minor. 
that was strongly rebuked and rejected by God because the leader was not obeying the Lord. He wasn't a real man of God. There was nothing to change. The same thing is happening today. A spirit of Laodicea was ushered. It ushered the pastor. God gave authority. It is a deadly spirit of rebellion against God. And I can see that thing happening everywhere in North America. The man of God that he says that he has been called by God is not standing up for the Lord. The people is mostly running the church. The Lord God has ordained that the pastor be in control of spiritually direction of a church. God set a pastor in the church to oversee the church, oversee it through the Holy Ghost, oversee it through the power and the anointing of his spirit. Remember them which have the rule over you. Sometime, amen, it looks like it's the other way. People have the rule over the pastor. Instead, amen, the pastor having the rule over him, but the Bible says, remember them which have the rule over you who has spoken unto you the word of God, who faith follows, considering the end of their conversation. Hebrews 13 and 7. Also let us know, he said, obey them that have a rule over you. Let me read. Say that again. Obey them that have a rule over you and submit yourself for they watch it for your soul. A pastor watches for his sheep. So, and they that must give an account. A pastor has to give an account for his sheep, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unpossible for you. Hebrews 13 and 17. You ought to be able to do it with joy, not with grief, not with heartache. Many people in religious circles ignore the spiritually injection which enables the authority of spiritual leadership. But we need more than ever to recognize the value and prospect of authority. That's what's wrong with the world today. They don't recognize authority. Whether it's secular or spiritually, they don't recognize authority. They don't want to recognize authority. But a pastor watches over the soul and seeks to give us spiritual guidance through a dangerous, evil world. 
That's where God has put his man here for to watch over your soul to help guide you through this dangerous, evil world that we're living in. If you have a good pastor, you ought to thank God for that good pastor. You ought to pray for that good pastor. You ought to uplift that good pastor. One that is watching for your soul. A leader, he's just and he's honest. Now these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, says, and the men who were risen up on high, the anointing of God of Jacob, and the sweet psalms of Israel, says, the spirit of the Lord speaks by me. Hallelujah. You know, you, you ought to know when the spirit of God is speaking through your, your pastor. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, as he says in Luke, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Man, the God ought to be anointed. And the sweet psalms of Israel said the Spirit of the Lord spoke by me. And his word was in my tongue. Amen. God's word ought to be in a pastor's tongue. The God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spake to me. He was the rock of Israel. He that rules over men must be just ruled in the fear of God. Second Samuel 23, 1 and 3. He's a just man. He's an honest man. He's a saved man. He's a holy man. He's a man with great love. It is mandated that the pastor be long-suffering and patient as he labor with the flock. All the pastors see a lot of things that's going on in the congregation. And sometimes people be wondering, Pastor, do you really see what's really going on in the church? But the pastor is a long-suffering individual. Yes. Just because something is going on in the church, all time is not the right time to speak about it. You've got to be led by the Spirit of the Lord. As he labor with the flock, he must be just. He must be honest. This is an age when there is much corruption in secular leadership. Sad to say, dishonesty has also entered into the arena of religion. We got some dishonest preachers today, anti-Christians that don't want to stand on the truth and hate you because you do stand on the truth. 
As an example to us, Paul addressed his own lifestyle of ethics and behaved in writing to the Corinthians. In his second letter, he renounced secular actions of dishonesty, craftiness, and deceit. He said, you can't be cutting corners in the church. You got to tell the truth. You can't be crafty. You can't be shifted. You can't try to fool people. You got to be right up with people. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 2, ministers of the gospel today must be diligent. Avoid the snare of dishonesty. You ought not want no amen snare on you. You are not able to snare dishonesty. It should not be once named among you. A harbor trap that leads to certain destruction. Some people may think these deeds are hidden from the sight. But God will judge all from his all-knowing righteousness. There is nothing that is hidden from the Lord. The eyes of the Lord is in every place, beholding the good and evil. Pastor God sees you. I don't care how secretly that you think it is, God sees you. He's he's all-knowing, all-knowing God. He knows everything. Even before it happens, he knows you're going to do it. But God will judge all from his all-knowing knowledge. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He shall not judge after the sight of eye, of, of, of the other eye. Can't nobody say, well, I've seen this, Lord. I've seen this. He ain't going to take your eyesight and judge it. Neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. He ain't going to take amen what he heard. But with righteousness shall he judge. God's going to judge in righteousness. God is a righteous God. God is a just God. God is a holy God. Isaiah 11, 3 and 4, the load of leadership, world leaders, secular and spiritually alike, they need our prayer more than ever in these days. We can contest to that right now. Amen. World leaders. And spiritual leader, our president, amen, need our prayers more than ever. The decision he makes, it, it affects the whole nation. God, people need to pray for the president. That God will instill in the president's mind to do what is right. 
Just as you pray for your pastor, you should pray for your leaders. In the circular world, they need prayer. They're only human. Government rulers, they make decisions that influence world political society, spiritually, economically. Since religious leader carries a phenomenal load of responsibility, they need our daily prayerful support. How many of us, amen, pray for our leaders? I'm not talking about just saved people. I'm talking about unsaved people. Our leaders, that is, how many of us pray for them? It is our duty as a man and women of God is to pray for those that is in the secular world as those that are in the spiritual world. As they seek to do the will of God in leading the church in truth and righteousness. As Aaron and Harold held up the arm and hand of Moses in the heat of the battle. So every Christian ought to support the spiritual leaders of the work of God. When you see your spiritual leader fighting this battle against evil, you ought to help only arms up. Or they more, they get tired. They got a load to carry. Instead of depressing them and Instead of saying they are no good, instead of saying amen, that they're not praying right, you ought to get there and help support them. Hold up their arms. Hold up their family. Instead of bringing judgment upon them. Christian ought to support the spiritual leader of the work of God. Every pastor needs the support and prayers of his local assembly. Every pastor. Needs the prayer of his local assembly. Pray for me. Austin says, Amen. Those of you that hear my voice and can get a prayer through, I say, Pray for Dr. Moore. I need your prayer. Because every time I speak a good word, Satan, Amen, got another word, Amen, to come and kind of counterfly that word, Amen, to try to knock it down. Pray for me. I need your prayer. Likewise, every pastor should pray for his spiritual leader on the local, state, region, and national level. No matter where, amen, what level that, amen, he is on, you should pray for him. If you make a mistake, pray for him. Don't just throw him out, amen, because he made that mistake, pray God will give him strength and insight that he can see where he made a mistake at. And if there is any righteousness in him, he may well try to go back and correct what he had made. The burden of leadership. A pastor cannot clock in at 8 a.m., fulfill their daily work, and check out at 5 p.m. 
haven't had an hour off for lunch, and then the privilege to go home for a relaxing evening with the family. Rather, particular, every working mama is dedicated in some way to fulfill, to fulfill the call of God on his life. A pastor don't have no time to really rest. A real man of God. Now we got these Amen. So-called preachers today, they take all kind of rest. But I'm talking about a real man of God. In every beck and call, amen, they are there. It's the answer to the call of God to help his people. Because of the ministry brethren is resting upon his heart to see the work of God moving forward. His thoughts his drive, his motivation are all gifts to advance the call of Jesus Christ. You don't know sometimes what a pastor goes through with. After them preach a dynamic sermon, when he do come home, however way he may be in his life, he still don't rest. Lord, did I do enough. A pastor carries the bread of God's people on him all the time. He often sacrifices family time and he's disturbed from his sleeping to tend to the need of the people over whom has of whom God has placed him over. It doesn't make any difference sometimes, amen, where the pastor just got home. If a call come in and say, Pastor, I need you, that pastor, amen, go. It's a burden. It's a load upon a pastor. If you have a good pastor, please appreciate him. And he gave himself gladly. He gave himself gladly and separately because of his love and concern for God's people. He goes, amen, he goes gladly. No matter how tired and woe down he is, amen, he goes gladly. Because he's like Jesus say, Father, it's not my will, but let thy will be done. I'm a real man of God. His concern causes him to go out of his way to do the work of God. His concern calls him to go out of the way to do the work of God, but he don't mind going out of the way. Long as it is God's work is being done, and God is getting the glory out of it, a real man of God don't mind going out of the way. A true pastor. And his family, they sacrifice time, money, energy, 
because of his labor alone. Even when he give, when he goes on a vacation, he carries amen a burden of his congregation. Even on a vacation, he carries the church right along with it. There was I was told to me that there were some pastors and they went on their vacation and they say, Now it's vacation time. We're gonna leave all this religious stuff. We're gonna leave it. And we're gonna relax. And we just gonna have a good time. Now I'm told, Amen, they went and they, they had a good time, they had parties. And Amen, they really started doing the things of a, the secular world that the world was doing. They had one pastor with them. They said, I, she said, I can't go that way. I'm glad to be on the vacation, but I can't do this. I can't leave my congregation. I got Jesus on my mind. I got the people of God on my mind. How can I go out there and have fun? When you got, when you have the burden of Jesus as a true man of God, you carry them right along with you. And because he is truly a pastor, he does not count the ministry as a mere professional. He is not a idol. He does not labor because it is his duty. But his motivation is love for people. I love God people. That's why I'm on the radio tonight. Listen, I love God people. Just to be able to help one soul, amen. I love God people. For this reason, he gladly interrupts his meal and his sleep when an emergency takes place. Among his people. I, being a pastor, amen, may be sitting down with my family, amen, eating my meal, amen, but somebody say, Dr. Moore, I need prayer. I stop, amen. I don't say, wait till I get to my dinner. I stop. I interrupt my family. And I began to pray. Because I think more of God, people, than I'm thinking of myself. His concern causes him to go out of his way to do the work of God. A true pastor and his family sacrifice so much time, money, and energy. And because he is a true pastor, he does not count his ministry as a merely profession. With love, the pastor is to lead, lend, he is to tend to God's work. In spite of all the human frailness of our Lord handpicked disciples, he loved them. All to the very end. Even so, the spiritual leader must love the people he leads, regardless of their flaws 
and their failure. Or you're going to have, see, amen, people in your congregation, they got flaws and they got failure, but you got to still love them. You can't get frustrated and throw them out. You got to see it work with them. When Jesus knew that his hour will come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. You got to love God, people, unto the end. It is interesting, amen, to notice that Jesus loved even Judas to the very end. For three and one half years, he taught his disciples, let them and endure their like of spiritual perception. But he loved them. All the magnificence of the love of God, when it is shed abroad in the heart of man. God love us. You got to love one another. You got to overlook some of the flaws that you encounter with. Put your arms around that weak one. And tell them that Jesus care about them. Is it Dr. Moore tonight saying, God bless you. Amen tonight. The pastor and his church. Beautiful you guys coming from Dr. Moore tonight. We are so elated that you tuned in tonight. We want to say we love you, and we appreciate you for listening tonight. We shall be back next week. God bless, and God good night, everybody. Bye-bye. You know it's going to be a good day when your biggest concern in the morning is collecting the crumbs falling from the McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit. Your only concern should be, has your day peaked too early? Enjoy every last crumb of the new McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit for only $3. And any size soft drink for just a dollar. And you'll get your day started on a high note. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.